love, mercy, forgiveness, justice, and truth. 60 seconds of this podcast will change your life forever. Please subscribe, like, and share because every Friday, this podcast will address serious issues affecting society and destroying the lives of individuals. We will put together resolutions after having in-depth conversations about drugs in America, child abuse, government-ran custody programs, poverty, judicial corruption, crime, prison reform, God, politics, and much more. This is the People's Voice Podcast, and this is our first episode called Walking in the Valley of Death. On this episode, I will talk about me, your host, and how my life experience of child abuse, prison, and attempt murders on my life that left me paralyzed led me to podcasting. Without further delay, I am your host, Bruce, a.k.a. Zeus Hudson. In the darkest parts of the valley, I have seen many men die. I witnessed a strong man's spirit break, and I continued to ask God why. My first memories on this earth is my mother beating me. I do believe my mother beat me before I could walk or talk. I'll never forget the worst beating I got. I may have been six years old at the most. And I feared my mother so much that I tried to sneak outside and stay gone all day, every chance I got. However, on this time, I tried to sneak outside. My mother said, Boy, go get me some apples off that apple tree. She was standing at the sink, looking back at the window, pointing out at our backyard. I responded with facts. Mama, we don't have no apples on no apple tree. My mama punched me over and over until I hit the ground, where she began kicking me. When she finished assaulting me, she said, boy, stop that crying. Get up and get me the apples off the apple tree. The fear of my mother forced me to get up. I then went outside and seen her watching me from the window. I began acting like I was picking apples off an apple tree. I then went back inside and said, here, mother, here's the apples off the apple tree. My mother then beat me until I passed out. So many times I so many times I asked God, why do I have to suffer so much? And I waited for his response. It would be years later before my God would answer me. Sadly, my mother had schizophrenia, as I do. So child abuse and mental disabilities is issues dear to my heart. If you or someone you know is suffering or has suffered from any of the above issues, then this is for you. God makes no mistakes. There is a purpose for every life. Despite the negative thoughts in your mind, I understand and love you. I have been you, so I can tell you, in truth, you will be delivered from your suffering. And you will know your purpose in this life. God has a plan for you. And that plan is beautiful. So hold on to faith. Now, as bad as it was, God had a plan for me. At the age of eight, my mother was court ordered to be placed in a mental hospital. I was placed in government custody also as an orphan. From the age of eight to 18 or 10 years, I lived in the government-ran systems. In the system, I was raped over and over and physically abused. 
Worse, the government used the system to restrain, detain, and lock me away from society. They began force testing medications on me, experimenting with a child. Worse, the educational system for an orphan is ten, time, ten times worse than that of public school systems. I was kicked out of DSS at the age of 18. I had a 13-year-old mind frame and an 8th grade education. I didn't know what I was going to do with life. But God had a plan for me. I would end up homeless and in prison in less than a year of my release from DSS. I would be in prison and had experienced homeless before my 19th birthday. It is true from my personal experience. Poverty, ignorance, and idle hands breeds crime. Monsters are usually created from a life of suffering. And then they cause a world of suffering. However, the circumstances that you live in does not give any man the excuse to remain living in a life of sin, evilness, or crime. What I mean is due to ignorance, it is understandable for a man to end up making mistakes, even a few bad choices. But if a man remains in a life of crime, it is by choice and not by circumstances. You see, the devil uses desperate times to make you take desperate measures. Don't allow yourself to be pimped, bamboozled, tricked by the devil. Most of the time when you use or when we take desperate measures, we are acting, we are acting out of emotions. And usually the events in our life is not as it seems. Most of the time, desperate times is just a bad situation. In which the devil has twisted to make you panic. Sorry about that everyone, I got interrupted. You're not... You're not acting out of intelligence in these times you are acting on emotions I know because I've been there so if you are living in a life of sin and crime I need you to contact me so I can guide you out of the valley of death and destruction if you are a person not living in ignorance or crime and just dealing with a bad situation or maybe temptation God is telling me to tell you, hold on to your faith. Your deliverance is coming. There is nothing your God cannot fix. Your God loves you. Hold on. If you wish, you can contact me for prayer and help. Because I also love you. I've been to prison eight times in my life. I've done over 15 years in prison. When I was not in prison or jail, I was spending my time committing new crimes or running from the law. Let me explain. Because a lot of people say this but never explain. A criminal life is extremely fast. Here's a 24-hour day of my life as a criminal. 8 a.m. to 10 a.m. I'm selling dope out of hotels while running Johnning scams on my phone. 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. I ride out of town with a car full of drug addicts. I send the addicts into stores to cash fake payroll checks while also doing returns of stolen merchandise and signing for boxes of Sudafed so I can manufacture more crystal meth. If I do not have stolen merchandise I re to return, I send them in to, to the stores to steal more stuff. At 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., I pick up a few prostitutes. I get a bottle of liquor, maybe hang out with a homeboy. 
smoke some weed and get something to eat. 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. I'm planning my nighttime crime. 7 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'm riding around with two drug addicts looking in yards, stealing trailers, lawnmowers, and anything of value that's not tied down. And if it's tied down, I'm cutting it off. I'm also breaking into homes and into construction sites or businesses. From 2 a.m. to 8 a.m., I'm back at the hotel selling drugs, trying to find sales for the merchandise I've stole out of people's yard or manufacturing drugs. I may or may not take a nap. This is the restless life of a criminal. Note, at any given time in the process of doing these crimes, I'm running from the law or fighting somebody or getting in a shootout. This is the valley of death, people. This is the lifestyle of destruction. I'm not exaggerating this by a little bit. If anything, I'm downplaying it. I even committed crimes in prison. Working with gangs and organized crime, I had a system of online scamming that would blow your mind. At one point, I made $10,000 a month in prison at Broad River. It's sad because prison was my college. Think about it. When you go to prison, other prisoners tell you about their crimes and how they did it and crimes they did and got away with. If you join a gang, they will teach you step-by-step crimes as I did. The gang will assist you in every way to achieve crime when you get out of prison you always have prison friends that put you in contact with active criminals on the streets and make promises to work with you to commit more crimes when they get out so a man usually returns from prison worse than he ever was before because there is no rehabilitation in prison he went in and he came out worse Only this time he has a resentment for the law. He hates the judicial system. I'm telling you this because until we put God back in the government, politics, legislation, judicial system, law and order, we will never have a true and fair, honest system of justice, liberty and freedom in America. I'm not against prison people. I understand its purpose. But I also understand it's used as a trap and makes most men worse. I agree some men need to be put in prison. But there is others that deserve a real chance at life. May God guide this podcast to address such issues. In the valley of death, if you don't die, then you lose your sanity. I once did two and a half years in isolation confinement or lockup. If we are talking, uh, sorry, we are talking seven days a week, 23 hours a day, lockdown in a small cell, no human contact, no TV, no radio, no books or magazines. And if, and if you was me, there was no visits or phone calls because I had no family. You come out of your room 30 minutes for a shower every other day. They put you in shackles and handcuffs and a belly chain and then put you in a lockdown shower with a cage on it. You see, I was the guy that was a threat to the safety of the prison. Guards and other inmates both was in danger from me. I have 13 felony assaults on officers on my record. I had lost my mind, people. I had became like my mother. Violence without understandings means insanity. I have no excuse for myself. The devil had me exactly where he wanted me, and I was in a dark place in the valley of death. Most people feared me, but little did they know I was so scared. I was fighting out of fear. I had the respect of all the prisoners and guards. It was the only place I felt anyone noticed me. 
Because upon my release, I had no life, no true family. I owned nothing, and the fear of freedom made me violent. I was truly scared. In my single man cell all alone, I was the king. I was Zeus, the man that fought the police and officers day and night, respected by all inmates and prisoners. At night in secret, I would ask God the same thing I did when I was a little kid. Why do I always have to suffer, God? But my God, he had a plan for me. He had a beautiful and amazing plan for me. It is beautiful what God has done for me. The beauty is the fact that God loved me so much that he directly intervened in my life. He allowed my body to be struck to save my soul. Yes, I rejoice in my paralyzation. The joy of the Lord is in my soul. And when God truly loves you, he will set you down in this life. If he sees no other way to reach you, he will put you in a chair. In 2017, I was gunned down, shot in my neck, placed in a 30-day medicated induced coma, on a respiratory ventilator, unable to eat, unable to talk, unable to move, unable to even breathe on my own. Unlike others, I didn't have visitors with flowers or any close of kin. The hospital couldn't call anyone. I had no one, and I was dying. But I had a God, people. I had a God that loved me more than anything. I was alone and helpless. Looking back, I was right where God needed me to be. My whole life I had no one, but I could always survive on my own. I learned to live off the street. I endured so many forms of suffering, and I always contributed to my own body. I was a monster. I was a beast. I was strong. Nothing could stand in my way. I had so much pride in myself because I thought it was me who had carried myself through all these struggles. I thought I was the champion, the winner. God was about to allow my independence to be taken from me. From this point further, God would perform back-to-back miracles that would force me to see him. I would be directly dependent Oh my God's mercy, oh my God's love, oh my God's riches, oh my God, I would have to depend on my Lord. I would have to cry out to my God. I awoke from my coma, bedridden and paralyzed. I've been bedridden for four years and my God has not neglected me once. God was not finished with me. You see, when I awoke from my coma, I was paralyzed and angry. I started looking up the man that pulled the trigger, his family. And the man that set it up, his family. I was planning to kill their children. And their baby mothers. But my God was not done with me. No. My God put me in prison. He knew I could have ordered that man's family to be murdered if I was out on the streets. So he put me in prison. He locked me away in the worst prison in the state, locked my body down in a cell and said, Bruce, you're not going to do nothing for the next two and a half years. I was then released from prison in 2019. I was homeless, alone, bedridden, With nothing. My God had a plan for me. But I couldn't see it. So I cried out to God. The same cry I always cried. I said God. Why am I suffering so much? God's plan is so beautiful people. Looking back it is so wonderful. Because God has now given me a home. He has given me great friends. He has provided money for me transportation in a wonderful life I was helpless 
lost, but God had a plan for me. I didn't know what I was going to do, but God had a plan for me. I now had no choice but to live on the faith of my God. Is God good? Yes, he is. I am happier now paralyzed than I ever was when I was walking. It was not until recently that God finally answered my question. Why do I suffer so much? My God finally responded once I gave my life to him. He said, your suffering is not for you, but for everyone that's like you. Again, he said, your suffering is not for you, but for everyone that's like you. I allowed you to experience every form of world suffering so you could understand the suffering of mankind. So you can maybe one day try to reach them, try to help them and bring them to me. It blew me away. I didn't know how I was going to help people. I didn't know how I was going to raise money. I didn't have no idea what to do, but slowly God revealed his plan and what he wanted. And he began putting into place everything I needed for success. My podcast, Facebook group, Hillcrest Church, and Patricia Wheat. And in in April Herniff, and Ashley Williams, and Robin Brajuka, and the people of God came together and miracles were performed. I can't tell you all the miracles that have been performed. That's going to be for another time. If you're listening to this, if you are still listening to this, obviously God is calling on you to be a part of this beautiful, magnificent plan. If not, then why else would you still be listening? I invite you to be a part of this. I have a plan that would help all of mankind It would put an end to world suffering. I want you to understand that God loves you and I love you. Walking in the valley of death, I see now, looking back, my God was always with me. Yes, indeed. He was with me all along. I end this podcast by saying please follow me like and subscribe this podcast if you would like me to speak at your church or for an event please contact me or my manager Patricia Wheat my phone number is 803-240-4323 or 803-587-2553 my Facebook is Zeus Hudson or my second Facebook is Prince Sorrow I have Two face, uh, three Facebook groups. One, the main one is called Christian Family Group. The second one is called Just Us and Mercy Center. The third one is Off Death Row with Christopher Cherry. If you wish to give a donation or invest in my goals, please contact me, Patricia Wheat, or the Hillcrest Church. I thank you for listening. And on that note, I talk to you later. Hello everyone, I welcome you to the third episode of my podcast. This episode is going to be called Speaking from the Heart. On these episodes, this is part one, and on these episodes I will just, you know, speak about things and it'll be uncoerced. It will not be written down like I do on my regular podcasts. Um... So, I guess I'll start by saying today is uh, June the 1st, 2022, and I'm in Lexington Hospital. I've got bone infection again, so they got me on IV antibiotics, and um, they're trying to get my blood sugar under control, because my blood sugar's out of control. 
And I guess the first issues I would like to address would probably be the issues pertaining to my son. So this episode will be dedicated to my son, my youngest boy. His name is Ty. His whole name is Ty Lee Brake. He's in the Department of Social Service right now. Um, I assume he's being raised as an orphan or either he's been adopted by a family. I am unsure at this point. I have been trying to contact DSS and find out information about my son and what's going on. So, basically, this episode is dedicated to my son, and I want to address, you know, some of the issues that's related to him and uh, also speak directly to him so that he'll know that, you know, his father loves him. I just don't know what to do. Um, my son right now, he was born on April Fool's Day. And, um, I want to say it was 2014. And it's sad. It's sad that I don't know the exact date of my son's birth. But I want to say it was April the 1st, 2014. And, um, you know... My son was born to Lola Janie Brake, which is my baby mother. And uh, she was a girl that I had met on the streets of Columbia. And um, she was homeless and whatnot. And she had a, a long list of mental health issues that didn't help when I started giving her drugs and whatnot. And uh, it really, really messed her head up, you know, them drugs did. Mixed with her already existing mental health issues. Now, I want to tell y'all a little bit about Lola. Lola was an orphan. She didn't know her mother or father. And she had, um, she had diabetes. She had a long list of medical issues, you know, from physical um, medical issues to mental medical issues. And, you know, I loved Lola. You know, I loved Lola a lot because I could understand her. You know, living on the street as a woman, it takes a strong woman to survive the streets. And um, she had been through a lot. She had been raped. She had been She'd been through a lot. She'd been forced into prostitution. Matter of fact, um, at one point, the government intervened because she had the mental issues, and there was these people that were forcing her into prostitution. So when I met Lola, she was a broken woman, and I was a broken man. Only difference is I was a dangerous man. And Lola wasn't dangerous. She was an innocent type of person. So I protected her for the most part. Well, uh, me and Lola had our, our, our son, Ty. His whole name's Ty Lee Brake. We had him in Lola's mental condition went haywire. I don't know, you know, what, what went on with her, but I know that our son was taken because she had threatened to kill our son, which is strange because my mother tried to kill me. So it was like a, a repetitive system that, you know, had brought itself back around to a 360, you know. It really messed with me a lot because, you know, here it was my son's fatherless because at the time when he was born, I was in prison. So my son didn't get to meet me. I did hold my son when I got out of prison once, but I didn't have a relationship with my son, and that bothered me. Then the fact that his mother wanted to kill him bothered me, and the fact that, you know, that his mother was an orphan with no family, and here it was, I was, I was an orphan that didn't really have a family. 
And now my son is in DSS custody with no family. So just wanted to show y'all about, you know, that right there and explain that to y'all. Um, I guess now, I guess I'll just start talking about, you know, my thoughts on this and how, how I feel towards my son. I love my son. Most people say, well, why don't you go get him? Why don't you go take care of him? Well, it's not that simple. I have multiple violent felonies on my record. I'm paralyzed now. And I don't have the finances to take care of anybody. I can't even take care of myself. And it breaks my heart to know that my son is living the life that I once lived. And I feel like if he doesn't hear me, this is why I'm recreating this recording. I feel like if, if he's not told what to do, if he's not told that his father loves him, that he does have a father, that his father is restrained. I am incapable of doing anything at this moment. That right now I'm in the hospital, sick, with no way of saving my own child. That if he is not told, you know, that this is not going on, that this is going on with me, that my son is going to end up the same way I was, a violent young man that lands himself into prison and lives a life of the street code and maybe ends up paralyzed. So, Dad, I don't know when you'll be able to hear me say this, but with me using my platform, I want you to know I love you. And one day you'll hear this recording and you'll know that you have a father. You have both an earthly father and a heavenly father. There's not a day that goes by that I don't think about you. There's not a day that goes by that I don't play with the thought of being your father and taking you places, showing you the love I never had. Don't think for once that you're alone. You may be alone in flesh, but in spirit, I am with you. I once was you, son. I didn't have a father. My father, I never seen him. I didn't. Until this day, I haven't seen him. And I remember there was times when I thought, you know, one day my father's going to come rescue me. My father's going to come take me away from the system. My father's going to come and beat up all these people and steal me away. And that day never came. And I can't say it hurt. Because by the time I realized it was never going to happen, I had done became very cold in life. By the time it didn't happen, and by the time I realized it wasn't going to happen, I didn't no longer care. So in reality, I can't play the victim and say it hurt. It really didn't hurt. I really didn't care. It really didn't matter. But I want to tell you, son, that that day will come for you. That day will happen to where I will figure out a way, either in life or in death, to reach you. You know, either it's either going to be through this podcast or a Facebook group or, or one of the Christians that know me that know I gave my life to God. I, I pray for this every day, that somebody is going to reach out to you and tell you that your father loves you.
that you do have a father and that he loves you so, so much and that the devil has caused events to happen in his life to take away that, that power from him. I don't have the power to take care of you. I don't have the power to come and get you out of the government's custody. And maybe one day God will bless me with the finances and, and, and the intelligence and the capabilities to come help you. But I want to warn you, son. I want to warn you of some of the things that I have experienced that you need to be warned about. Always put your faith in God. No matter what happens, you have a heavenly father. And if you learn to put your faith in him, everything will work itself out. Because he will provide for you when I can't. I wish I had been taught about my Heavenly Father when I was an orphan. I wish somebody would have really explained it to me and taught me that I had a Heavenly Father. Then maybe I would have been able to live a more peaceful life. If somebody told me my Heavenly Father was constantly watching me and wanting me to do better, and encouraging me to do better. Then maybe I would have did better. So I pray that you find your Heavenly Father. I pray that you'll find your God. And I pray that you will give your life to Him. And follow His laws. And obey His laws. I pray that you not put your faith in mankind because mankind will fail you in every way. And that failure of mankind will make you grow cold. It will make you want to destroy lives because you feel like you are at a disadvantage. You feel like you've been cheated because the hand you've been dealt, it's understandable that you feel cheated. If you have a God, if you follow God, then, the, then you being cheated don't matter. Because at the end of the day, you're going to win the game. So it doesn't matter who cheats in the game. I want to tell you, son, to avoid negative people. People that speak negative, act negative, and talk negative will never succeed in this life and more than likely will not succeed in the next life. Oh, be careful with the company you keep. The company you keep, Ty, will identify who you really are. If you hang out with bad people. Then, then everybody would judge you by that. And yes, you might not really be a bad person. But because that's all you keep around you, people would think that you are a bad person. So avoid bad people. Avoid bad company. Be careful how you speak to people, Ty. Just be careful what you say to people. You know, I've heard of so many people in anger by the words that I speak. Unlike a, a fist fight, unlike a physical action, once you say certain things to a person, it can never be taken back. And you would never see the real damage that it did to that person. So, son, always try to speak gentle. Be a gentle type of man. 
Be slow to anger. Be slow to anger, son. Your emotions is not worth hurting other people. Because in the end, you can't take back what you do to people. Whether it be a, uh, the way you speak to them or an actual action. So it's best to remain peaceful at all times. As much as you can. Even when people are angry and say mean things to you and are violent to you. Try to hold your peace. Try to refrain from violence. Because once you speak something to a person, you can't unspeak it. And you'll never know how much it really hurts that person. This is something very important for you to understand. Never take a life, son. If you rob a man, you can always repay that man. If you punch a man in the face, that swelling will go down. If you lie to a person, you can always come back and tell the truth. And if you hurt a person's feelings, you can always come back and say, I'm sorry. But if you take a man's life, there is no amending that. You can never give that man's life back to him. The damage you will cause behind taking a life can never be amended. It can only be forgiven by God, but never amended. It's the one crime it's the one sin that can't be amended. Son, be careful with, uh, with friends. Everybody you think is your friend is not really your friend. Most people that we consider friends turn on us. And usually we never have a long-term relationship you know, with, with, with people we call friends, most people, you know, we haven't known them for a long time before we call them a friend. I ask you, son, to be a judge of your own friends. And I ask you to be the protector of your own heart. Nobody's going to protect your heart in this life. That is your job and your job alone. So when you tell someone you love them, be careful. If they do not love you, then you're guaranteed to be hurt. If you tell the, someone that they're your friend or you tell people they're your friend, and then later on they wrong you, and then you go back and you tell people this person, who's going to believe you? You just said this is your friend. You're a bad judge of character. It is my wish for you, son. It is my dream for you to have happiness, to have love, to have peace. And truly, I tell you, the only way to have all these things is through God. He is the only one that can give you these things. He is the only one that can really show you the way. I'm only telling you about the path. And in these things, it is for you to be a judge. You have to be the judge of your direction that you're taking and consider every step you make. Whether that be with friends or loved ones, the women you date, whatever you do in life, you have to be the judge of it and the protector of your heart if you don't want to get hurt. Son, always take responsibility. Be a man. Don't be a coward. 
Always take responsibility when you do something wrong. Even if it's somebody else's wrongdoing. Meaning, if somebody entrusts you with a fan, for example, if they entrust you with a vehicle, and they say this vehicle is for you, and you let somebody else drive it for you, and they wreck it, don't put the blame on the person that wrecked the vehicle. Don't put the blame on the person that allowed you to use the vehicle. It is your responsibility. You are to blame time. Always be a man and take responsibilities for the actions that you hold, that you're responsible for. Most people today, they think they're men. They think they have a real tough guy complex. Being tough, being strong, having endurance doesn't make you a man. It doesn't make you a man at all. Carrying a gun, beating up the next person. You know, all my, most of my life, son, I walked around and could beat most people I knew. That didn't make me a man. That just made me a violent person. Being a man is when knowing when to use force, taking responsibility. I, for most of my life, I was a tough guy, but I wasn't a man. I was a coward. And most people won't tell you that. You see, I was quick to pull a trigger on a person. But I wasn't bad enough to take care of my children. I was quick to assault a person and beat a person up. But I had a little bit of money. But I wasn't bad enough to go get a job and work hard hours for what I wanted. Instead, I would go and steal from what somebody else worked hard for. They had worked their whole life for what they had. And then one day I would come and steal it all away. That's a coward. I'm telling you this, son, so that you can be better than I was. So that you can be a man. I want you to work. I want you to work hard for what you got. And that way you will appreciate what you got. I don't want you to be a fool. I want you to go to school. And never believe the lies of other people that you can't do something. If a person tells you you can't do something. To prove to them that you can die. Because I believe you can do anything. And I have set no limitations upon you. You have my blood in you. Therefore nothing can break you or destroy you. You is not in your genetics. To be broken or destroyed. So if you work for everything you want and pursue your dreams, never allow anything to stand in your way. And always try to obtain your, your livelihood as a man. Take care of your children if you have a child. Don't try to go the easy way out. Don't get an abortion. That's what cowards do. Instead, tell, if the mother doesn't want the child, tell your child, tell your mother, tell your baby mother that you will take care of the child. That you will take care of the child. You're the father. Stand your ground on issues that really have meaning. 
if a person tells you, if you give your word to a person, keep it. It doesn't matter if it hurts you. If you promised a person $100 and you got to pay your light bill, allow your lights to get cut off before you break your word about that $100. Being a man of your word will take you further than any amount of riches ever will. Because if a person knows you're a man of your word and nothing shakes that, then they will always admire you and have honor and respect for you because you're a man of your word. Always take care of responsibilities. Always stand up for the weaker person. Never bully a weaker person. Never take advantage of a weaker person. If you are to be a bad person, then never take advantage of the weak. Go after the strong. I didn't raise you to be a weak person. I didn't give you the life that I gave you to be a weak person. You have my genetics in you. You can't be a weak person. So because you're not a weak person, then that makes you a strong person. And therefore, it is not in you to take advantage of the weak, of the helpless, of the poor, of the low in spirit. Never take advantage of them, son. Always, if you are to be a predator or something, go after the strong. And I'm not promoting that, I'm just saying. Always be a bigger man if you can. Never stoop yourself to a lower to a lower man. Always try to help people. Have a kind heart. Show your generosity. Show mercy to others, even when others are not showing you mercy. This is part one. I will do another part to this here soon. But as some of you may have noticed, I am feeling, you know, not too good right now. After recording this, during this episode, I started feeling sick. Um, I just want everyone to understand that this episode was for my son. And uh, if you're listening to it, if it's in you to search out my son and to find him for me and to give him this podcast, I would appreciate that. Um, I have a lot to say to him, and I will continue speaking to him throughout the next couple of days. Anyway, I end this podcast with telling you all I love you. I wish you all the best. And uh, I end this with peace, love, and mercy.